Hey, listen, I got, I got, a, man, I got a good word for you today. I'm, uh, while I was preparing this this week, I, I, I cried a couple of times while I was preparing because uh, this is so rich, so beautiful. The Lord wants to speak to your heart today. I pray that, that you be open to listen. You know, uh, we, a lot of us just got off the 21 days of fasting and praying. It was magnificent experience. Every year for me, it just it really does. It just gets better and better. And every year I always experience something new and fresh. And I also learn a lot about myself in fasting and praying, which is really good. One of the cool things about fasting and praying is, is if you do it right, you know, if you follow, uh, uh, if you follow this thing properly, uh, you will physically be affected by it. I know I, I, every year I am. I always lose about the same amount of weight. And every year, I always tell my wife and my family, said, you know what? I've reached this weight, this healthy weight. I want to stay here. In fact, I want to go beyond. I always tell them, I ain't going back. I ain't going back to my old weight. I'm not going back to the way I used to be. I'm, you know, this was healthy for me. I want to keep on going. There was one year I did a videotape. I did a video journal to myself, although I can't find the video journal now. But I, always, I told myself, Danny, you're not going back. You're not going back to that old way of eating and that old way of, of the, the weight. It's just not good for you. <laughs> to, to no avail, every year I always go back. But this year I said, you know what? I, ain't going, I got a program. I know what I'm doing. I'm determined to keep on going to my goal weight. Here's the point. There is a sacrifice. There is a cost for me to, to be able to get to my goal weight. But I know that when I get to that goal weight, I will be healthier. I will be better. I will be, I will be um, a stronger, and it'll be good for me. It's good for me to be at a healthy weight, physically, emotionally, holistically. But there is a price to pay. There is a cost. But when I get there, it is well worth it. While I was meditating on this, I've, I realized, you know, there's a lot of spiritual truths to what I just shared with you about reaching the goal weight. I will be different and I will be healthier and better. The Apostle Paul in Philippians wants us to understand that there are similarities. In fact, let me prove it to you. There's a scripture that I found in Romans 8.29. Romans 8.29, a quick scripture that says, For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them, chose you and I, to become like his son. You need to underline that right there. He chose us, you and I. He chose you and me to become, to become like Jesus, so that, here's the reason why, so that Jesus would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. In other words, Jesus Christ is our big brother. He is the first of a brand new uh, generation, a brand new uh, humanity of holiness, grace, and mercy. He is our big brother. He is the first of all of us. He is our template he chose us to become like Jesus. That's the main, main, main point of it all. 
That's the reason for our existence, to become transformed and conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. I want to drive that. I want to drive that into your heart, drive that into our souls. So today I want to take a few minutes of our time to ask you this question. Why is it so important for us to understand that we must be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ? We must understand it's got to become a conviction in our hearts that we must be conformed. It's not an option for us believers. We must be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. First reason, because everything has a reason. Everything has a reason. We love, in fact, I hear people say, man, this happened for a reason. And in the back of my mind, I want to answer, yeah, so that you can be conformed to the image of Jesus. Everything happens for a reason. I want to start reading from Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 through 18. We're going to go through that portion of scripture. We're going to pull out three truths in an application. All right? The first reason why we must understand that we must be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ is because everything has a reason. Philippians chapter 1, verse 12 says this. Paul speaking, he says this. And I want you to know, you Philippians, I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything, don't miss these words, it's so good, that everything that has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. I want to talk about that in a minute. For everyone here, including the whole palace guard, knows that I am in chains because of Christ. (laughs) Verse 13, uh, I'm sorry, verse 14. And because of my imprisonment, most of the believers here have gained confidence and boldly speak God's message without fear. I want us to stop right there. There's a couple of things we have to highlight here. The first of this, everything that has happened to me here. And where was Paul? Paul was in prison, y'all. Paul was in jail. And the crazy thing about Paul's imprisonment was that Paul was chained or uh, chained, yes, literally chained to a guard 24 hours a day. Every two to three hours, a new guard would come and switched with the old one. Paul was in prison and he was guarded 24 hours a day. For some crazy reason, Caesar thought he was a huge threat. He was a dangerous man, even though Paul didn't do anything wrong. The only wrong that he did, according to the Romans, was that he was a Christian. He was preaching the gospel, and they considered him a huge threat. So they put him in prison. 24 hours a day, he was guarded. Every two to three hours, a guard would switch with the old one. (laughs) So Paul is here saying that everything that's happened to me, of course, he was beaten. He was in trouble. Everything that has happened to me has helped, huge word here, has helped to spread the good news. Why did this bad thing happen to Paul? Why was he in prison? Why was he beaten? To spread the gospel, to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. Big point here, big, big point. So what's cool is that Paul took advantage of the situation. 
I imagine if we had Facebook and Instagram 2,000 years ago, I wonder what Paul would have posted. Oh, please pray for me because I'm in prison. Oh, please pray for me because I'm being guarded 24-7. Please pray that the Lord would release me. I don't think Paul would have done that. I think Paul would have said, y'all, now y'all need to pray for me. Uh, um, encourage me because, man, I'm preaching the gospel here. <laughs> These guys are getting saved. Can you imagine? Let's let's say there, there's a switch on the guard, right? For the next three hours, Paul knew, oh, that boy's going to be chained to me. He's going to be chained to me. He's going to have to sit and listen to me for three hours, talk to him about Jesus. <laughs> I love this. Everything Paul says that it happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. And he goes, for everyone here, I love that everyone here, where? In the prison. Everyone here, including the whole, all the prison guard, they all know that I'm in chains because of Christ. They all know. Everyone knows. Listen, does everyone at your job know that you're a born-again believer? Does everyone know, including the president or including the boss, does everyone know that you are bound to Jesus? That you are bound to righteousness? According to the book of Romans, we are now, we are now slaves of righteousness. Does everyone know? Do your neighbors know? <laughs> Man, Paul took advantage of the situation. Everyone knows, including the whole guard, they know that I'm in chains because of Christ. Verse 14, and because of my imprisonment, because of my imprisonment, most the believers, not all, but most the believers have gained confidence and boldly speak God's message, watch these next two words, without fear. No fear. They didn't have cell phones and they didn't have you version. They didn't have scripture memory verse apps. They didn't have, so they probably didn't have a lot of small groups. But man, what they did have was confidence in this one brother who's imprisoned, Paul the apostle, and he's boldly being crazy for Jesus in, in, a, in a Roman prison and he's bold so these born-again believers like man if bold if paul can do that in prison under guard how much more should we so these brothers and sisters were encouraged they were they were strengthened that paul's pain benefited their confidence paul's problem helped us you and i even today to become bold with the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Listen to me. The purpose of struggles is to spread the good news. You need to write that down somewhere. Someone need to write that down. The purpose for my struggle, the purpose for my hardship is to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. How can the good news of Jesus Christ be embedded into your situation, into your hardship? How can Jesus be highlighted in your heart situation? Because he can. Why? Because that we, Paul, Romans chapter 8, verse 20, all things turn out for good for all those who are called according to his purposes. 
There is good somewhere in your situation. Hmm. Paul teaches us, because of my imprisonment, most of the believers here have gained confidence. They've gained confidence. One of the things that we must understand about Paul's situation is that Paul really proves here what he wrote in Galatians, for I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. The reason why some of us are probably still too afraid to share the gospel is because the old self is still alive. The old us hasn't truly been crucified. So to a certain degree, some of us are afraid of talking about Jesus because we don't want any problems. We don't, we don't want any uh, hardships to happen. We don't want to lose any friends. We don't want people talking smack about us behind our back because we're Christians. Paul's like, forget that. Forget that. My imprisonment, if it's going to help you get, get gain confidence in the message of Jesus Christ, then so be it. I love that about Paul. Everything that was bad that happened to Paul happened for a reason, to spread the gospel and to help born-again believers who know him get confidence and boldness to preach the gospel. That's why we must be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ fully so that Jesus becomes the preeminent one in every area of our lives. It's all about Jesus. Someone needs to write that down. It's all about Jesus. All. It's all about Jesus. Good or bad, don't matter. It's all about Jesus. So why is it so important for us to understand that we must be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ? The first one is because everything happens for a reason. Second one is because Paul's reason was to defend the gospel. Why must I be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ to defend the gospel? <laughs> Look at verse 15 with me. Read this with me. It's true that some are preaching out of jealousy and rivalry, but others preach about Christ with pure motives. Verse 16, they preach because they love me, for they know I have been appointed to defend the good news. I want to talk about that in a minute. Verse 17, those others do not have pure motives as they preach about Christ. They preach with selfish ambition, not sincerely, intending, look at this, intending to make my chains more painful to me, verse 18. But that don't matter. <laughs> I love that. That don't matter. Whether their motives are false or genuine, the message about Christ is being preached either way so i rejoice and i will continue to rejoice for i know that as you pray for me the spirit of jesus christ helps me this will lead to my deliverance man pastor danny this is this is crazy i know it is ain't it it's just crazy paul's purpose was to defend the gospel to talk about the gospel, to, to highlight 
the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. See, there were two groups of people. There were those that loved Paul sincerely, and they prayed for Paul that he would not give in. And then there were another group of people who did not like Paul. In fact, they were jealous of Paul because Paul was very popular now, both to the Jews and the Gentiles. Everyone was talking about Paul and how Paul preached and how now Paul was sacrificing his life for the sake of the gospel. So these guys were preaching the gospel, but yet they were doing it in order to insult Paul or to make Paul look bad. And Paul's like, I don't care. I don't care. As long as the gospel is being preached, if they want to insult me, if they want to put me down, fine. As long as the gospel goes forward. What does that say about Paul? What does that say about him? One of the things that I, that I really admired in studying Paul, like I've never studied him before in, in this passage of scripture, is that Paul lived behind the gospel. The preeminent thing in Paul's life was the gospel of Jesus Christ. The preeminent thing about, about Paul's life is that Jesus Christ was sent by God, born of the Virgin Mary, so that Jesus can live a sinless life. And as a result of living a sinless life, Jesus Christ died on a cross, a Roman tortured cross. And he hung on a tree for three some odd hours and he died. He died because he was punished for your sin and my sin. And three days later, the Bible teaches us, so does science and history, that Jesus Christ rose again from the dead. Why? So that we now can be resurrected into a new life, hence being conformed to the image of Jesus for the rest of our lives. Paul hid, Paul lived behind that message. He always talked about those three points. Jesus was born. Jesus lived a sinless life. Jesus died on a cross and rose again from the dead. Why? So that when we believe and trust in his name, we are born again and we are now, uh, 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 we, are, we are now, when we die, gonna be with Christ in heaven. But even better than that, we now get to bring heaven on earth. Being with you is like being with Jesus. Woo, you need to write that down. Being with you is like being with Jesus. That's the point of it all. I need to say that one more time. Hanging out with you, spending time with you, is like hanging out and spending time with Jesus because Jesus dwells inside of you. And in all of your situations, all of your circumstances, you are learning how to respond to your situations the way Jesus would. Amen, Pastor Danny. Amen. <laughs> Do you live behind the gospel or is the gospel message in your back pocket? Is the gospel the preeminent, the preeminent thing in your life? Or is the gospel like an insurance card in your iPhone? Do you only pull it out when you're in trouble? Or do you live in it, breathe in it, thrive in it? 
Being a born-again believer, to some people, is called, it's considered a radical way of life. In the kingdom life, it's the normal way of life. To be a born-again Christian, having a relationship with God is normal. To be a sinner is to be abnormal. I just thought I'd share that with you. Here's a big lesson in point number two. We will never make people happy. You need to write that down. Trust me. It don't matter who you are, uh, who it is. We will never make people happy. We should not live our lives to make people happy. It won't work. It just won't. It's <laughs> just, 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 just let it go. Let it go. You and I will not make people happy. Paul knew that. That's why he says, hey, let, as long as they're preaching the gospel, hey, I'm not going to make them happy. There's some people that like me, a lot of people that don't. Paul's like, it don't matter. I'm going to rejoice. Why? Because the gospel of Jesus Christ is still being preached out of rivalry or out of love. The point is Jesus Christ is being preached. <laughs> That's the point of it all. But we have to make sure that we keep the gospel, the message of salvation and redemption and the atonement of the blood of Jesus for our lives, that must be the forefront message of our lives. Everything else is fluff. The priority of your life and my life is Jesus. You need to write that down too. Boy, you're taking a lot of notes in this message because there's so much here. Oh, please, please, please make that Make that priority in our lives. Jesus is everything. I live and move and have my existence in Christ. Everything else is secondary. Everything else is secondary. Listen, when I make Jesus priority in my life, I'm a better husband. When I make Jesus priority in my life, I'm a better friend. When I make Jesus priority in my life, I'm a much better father. When I make Jesus better and priority in my life, I'm a better grandfather. I manage my money better. I spend my time better. I respond to issues healthier or I respond to my issues like Christ. But we must defend the gospel, become apologists, become, become uh, educated, become uh, wise in the ways of Jesus Christ. The reason why we must be conformed to the image of Jesus is to be able to promote and defend the good news of the kingdom. Here's the third reason why we must understand that we must be conformed to the image of Jesus. Because Paul's reason was to help people grow and to experience the joy of salvation. The reason why we must be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ is to help people grow. To help people grow and mature in their faith and experience the joy of salvation. Verse 20, for I fully expect, Paul says, and hope that I will never be ashamed, but that I will continue to be bold for Christ. I'm hoping you see that. Do you see that? 
as I have been in the past. I want to be bold for Christ as I've been in the past. Paul is like saying, as, the, as I get older, I don't want my, panish, my passion to diminish. As I grow older, I want my panish, my passion to grow and grow and become even more passionate. I want to be bold for Jesus Christ. And I trust, Paul says, that my life will bring honor to Christ. You see that? My life, Paul says, will bring honor to Christ. Whether I live or whether I die. Wow, man. Verse 21. For to me, living means living for Christ. Boy, underline that. To me, Paul says, living means living for Christ. Why are, you ex- why are you in existence? What's the meaning of your life? I remember one time driving and I saw a bumper sticker on a car that says, I live for fishing. Like, really? Nah, I'm not into fishing. Probably a few years ago, I would have said, you know what? I live for running. Or I live for, uh, for uh, obstacle course racing. I live for riding or swimming. I live uh, for competitions. Paul's like, none of that matters. Paul says, I live for Christ. I live for Christ. Hmm. For to me, Paul says, living means living for Christ and dying is even better. Look at verse 22. This is the highlight of it all. But if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ. Wow. If I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ. So I, so I really, look, look, look at this. So I really don't know which is better. Verse 23, I'm torn between two desires. I long to go to be with Christ, which is far better for me. But for your sakes, For your sake, it is better that I continue to live. Man, I I read that. I put my head down. I was like, oh, wow. Such a heart that Paul had. He loved Jesus so much he wanted to be with him, but he loved people so much that he wanted to stay and help them grow in their faith and experience the fullness of the salvation that Jesus offers. What a selfless life. That's how I know that Paul lived behind the gospel. Jesus was everything. Paul existed to to love Jesus. Paul existed to help people grow in their faith. Paul wanted to be with people so that Paul can help them grow in their faith. Where there was inconvenience, then Paul said, I don't care what it costs me. I'm going to be with you to help you grow. Romans chapter one, verse 11, one of my favorite scriptures. Paul says, I long to be with you that I may impart a spiritual gift into you. That's why small groups is so important. That's why hanging out with other Christians is so important so that we can encourage one another. Do not neglect the gathering together in summer in the habit of doing Don't neglect the importance of of Christians being with Christians so that we can pour Christ into one another. Wow. Verse 25, knowing this, he says, I am convinced, 
I am convinced that I will remain alive so that I can continue to help all of you grow and experience the joy of your faith. I'm alive so that I can continue to help all of you grow. Man, why are you alive? I don't care what stage of life you're in. If you're in high school, you're in early 20s, young adults, 30s, 40s, growing a family, 50s, 60s, you feel like you've retired, like I have nothing else to do. That's not true. Paul, he was up in years right now and he was in prison and he was still preaching the gospel and still helping people grow in their faith without the internet, with no marketing techniques. He still helped people grow in their faith. Wow. Let me ask you, for the next seven days, what can you do in the next seven days? Seven days to make adjustments in your life to help you be conformed to the image of Jesus for the sake of the gospel and the sake of helping someone grow in their faith. What sacrifices are you willing to make? What price are you willing to pay to help someone know Jesus? Experience Jesus. Because let me tell you, I read another article even this morning how this pandemic is, is, is horribly affecting people's lives. Increase in depression, increase in stress and anxiety, increase in isolation. I mean, all these increases and in, increase in suicide and alcoholism and, and abuse of, of all kinds and all types. And you and I, we know Jesus. We've been born again. We've been set free from addictions. We've been set free from condemnation. We now have love, joy, and peace thriving within our hearts. We've been, we've been uh, 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 pulled out of darkness and brought into the marvelous light of Jesus Christ. We've been adopted into the, 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 the family of God. We are sealed unto the day of redemption. We have the word of God, which is a lamp unto our feet. We have joy unspeakable and full of glory. We have peace that surpasses all understanding. If God be for me, who then can be against me? You know what we need to do? We need to share that. We need to give that away. Give and it shall be given unto you. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. You want more joy? Then share Jesus. You want more peace? Then share Jesus. You want more hope? Then share Jesus. Do not be content. Do not be content in your faith where you're at right now. You must grow so that you can go. You must grow so that you can go and preach the gospel and make disciples. That's our calling. Matthew chapter 28, read it for yourself. It's in the book. We must be conformed to the image of Jesus so that the message of Jesus can go forth in these last days. That's the premise of this whole message. And that's why we're here. 
And we're going to continue, whether it doesn't matter what kind of inconveniences are coming our way. I say, bring it on. Because every inconvenience and hardship is just another opportunity for God to use to spread the gospel. Oh, wow. That's why God keeps on saying over and over, man, don't be afraid. Fear not, fear not, fear not. Why? Because I'm with you. I am with you. And that means the spreading of the gospel, no matter what it costs us. Because whatever it costs us, God will pay, God will pay for it, and he'll make a way. <laughs> Let me ask you, please do me a favor, bow your heads right where you're at, and close your eyes, and listen to my voice. I know that most of you, if not all of you, agree with me, because we agree with the word of God. Yet there is some kind of a hardship. Maybe there's, maybe you're, you're one of those that is suffering right now, you're going through some real tough times, and it's real. It's real. It hurts. It hurts you emotionally. You're hurting physically. You're hurting mentally. Your situation is really, really tough right now. And I'm here to tell you, listen, fear not. God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit is with you. He's with you. What does that mean? Well, that means that his name, Jehovah Shema, it means that he is fully present in your full situation. God is fully present. The completeness of Yahweh is with you right now. You must believe that because that's what his word teaches us. I will never leave you nor forsake you, Jesus says. I will not abandon you as an orphan. In fact, Jesus told his disciples that when I go, he says, I will send another comforter, another comforter to be with you and to be alongside of you. Why? To lead us and guide us because he said, in this world, you will have troubles, but be of good cheer for I have overcome the world. I want to pray with you. I know you're listening to me. I want to pray for you. The Bible says that the effectual fervent prayers of a righteous man get much accomplished. Because I'm righteous through Jesus Christ, he says, when I pray, th good things happen. I want to pray with you. In your situation, I want to pray with you. Do you believe in the power of prayer? I know I do. So I want to exercise my faith on your behalf, just like Paul did for the brothers and sisters while he was in prison. So let's pray. How can I pray for you today? Some of us are sick. Some of us are still suffering from COVID. Some of us are, are, are suffering other kind of situations. Some of us are, are suffering with uh, battling depression or stress. So as the music begins to play, We want to use that as an avenue for us to worship and believe in prayer. Father in heaven, I pray. I pray because I believe that you are faithful and true. I pray, sweet Savior, for all of my brothers and sisters who are watching right now, that even though we may not be in the same room, you are there. 
you are right there. Father, the reason why you are right there is because you want to show yourself strong. You say, you teach us, Lord God, I'm thinking right now, Father, I think it's in the book of Chronicles where, Father, you say that the eyes of the Lord are searching throughout the whole world to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are perfect. And the only way, Father, our hearts can be perfect is through Jesus. So we confess as brothers and sisters, we all confess that we are sinners in need of a Savior. We need healing deep, deep, deep down in our hearts because there are parts of us that are still real, really hurting. We've tried to suppress it. We've tried hiding it. We've tried masking it with different types of things, but it's not working. The pain is just too intense. The only healer that we need right now is Jesus. Not religion, but a relationship. So Father, we ask that you forgive us of all of our sins. That you would wash away all of our transgressions and all of our iniquities. Forgive us for our lack of belief and trust in you. Many of us know that you exist, but many of us won't make a commitment. But Father, we want to turn that around right now. We choose a commitment to Jesus. We commit our lives to Jesus. To the man, Jesus. To the Lord, Jesus. To the resurrected, Jesus. We give our lives to him right now. And we ask you, heal us, restore us. And of course, Father, we ask you to help us as we continue every day to take steps forward in reading our Bibles, spending time in prayer, and fellowshipping with the believers. Thank you, Father. Thank you for this day. Hold us tightly, Lord God, and lead us in the way that is everlasting for your glory, for your honor, and for your praise. Thank you, Jesus. We believe and we trust in you. We confess with our mouths that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen.